פרשת מעשי, חזק, שבס וורך ומנחם אוב. חוב וב תמוז. person has a birthday person has to take a chlotus tevis person has to take on certain good um good decisions are good uh, what's the word for achlotas in English really See, we need that resolutions thank you then the question is what is a birthday what does the birthday do for the person day they have a special cheshman, a special accounting, a special day, they party, and they figure what are they doing, or where is it coming from, where is it, and then it's different ages, different milestones. person has to take stock, a person obviously takes stock of their life on a constant basis, so the person knows where they're holding in the world. There are people that make cheshman and nefesh on a daily basis, some on a weekly basis, some on a monthly basis, but less man the palga, we all agree that on a person's birthday, the milestone of a birthday every person sits down and reflects on their year reflects to know what happened through the past year I'm giving a share what's going on question becomes what happens on a birthday for a person when the person is no longer alive a birthday technically 
measures for a person the milestones of their lifetime. They turned one, they turned the first year, their first birthday, their fifth birthday, their third birthday in Upshan, by boys. And then the twelfth birthday by girls, about a bus mitzvah, and the thirteenth birthday, a bar mitzvah. All the different yes. milestones that a person has and faces yes. or comes up with. Yes. Yes. Comes up with to say that the body which is holding the neshama, which the entire mission of the body is to keep this neshama throughout a lifetime, a lifespan. And what is the reason that it has the body and the, the neshama in the body? So that the neshama can accomplish something in this world that it can't accomplish elsewhere, that it can't accomplish in my life. shachas mikol One hour of Taylor Mitzvah on this world is better than the entire Chai Elam Habo, the entire lifetime of the Elam Habo of the world to come. Obviously, we have to understand what is Chai Elam Habo, lifetime of Elam Habo. Where does the Elam Habo come into a lifetime? Where does the Elam Habo have? A lifetime, a lifespan. Elamai. Elamabod does not have a number to it. Elamabod does not have a date on it. There's no calendar in Elamabod. So we can't say Chaye Elamabod, lifetime of Elamabod. You can't see. Where's your camera here? I don't know why you see me? Can you see here? 20, 20, 20, I don't know what it is. Hello, Mister on Skype. Can you shake your head? Do you see me? No. Oh, okay, good. No, she so don't see this. Ah, too bad. Huh? Aha. So we have to figure out how to get a camera here. I don't know why the camera isn't working. It went up. I don't know. So we say Chai Yelam It means that the person ultimately, the goal is to reach the Chai Yelam What happens in Elam Hazer? The Nishama has a mission to come down into this world. And the mission in this world is to collect. collect now we collect things all the time some people collect things stop stop I know what it was 
it doesn't detect, it's not detecting the okay. Now it is. Now it is. Okay. The Shama is collecting, amassing mitzvahs, is amassing teda. Asher mishebolakad v'tamudi biyade. What a meritorious thing for the neshama that arrives, they call out by the gates of, of Gan Eden. How great it is for the neshama that arrives here with his Talmud in his hand, with his studies. Once the person departs, once the neshama leaves the guf, the physical guf, and the neshama no longer is functioning on this world, then the neshama then the neshama has to seek another method to be able to get elevated. Honestly, the simplest way and the most foolproof way is when a person plants a tree and you put seeds in the ground and a tree grows. It's a famous story, I think it's a storyteller or talks and tales, or both. Naftali with the precious pears. He had planted trees of pear, a pear tree. He planted a pear tree. He didn't plant the pear tree. He had a pear, or he had a few pears. I don't remember how the story goes. Huh? I don't have the storybook. But he um, is a poor man, and he needed a parnasa. It was a whole thing, a bracha that he would see. He got, and he got a set of a, a, back, a back. It was a basket of pears, and the pears were from Ganeden. So they had obviously this amazing, amazing taste. And he sat down, and he started to sell them, he wanted to sell them, he said, I don't want to sell a whole pair. Who's going to buy a pair for the price that I'm asking? So he slight, he diced up a pair, one pair he cut up, and he let everybody taste the piece. After tasting a piece of the pair, they said, there's no price that you can ask for this. Whatever number you're going to ask for, you're going to get. And Kachava. Kachava, he sold his pairs for a tremendous, tremendous amount of money. He had all his money. He saved that one last pair for himself. 
And he savored each sliver of the pear and he ate it. And finally he planted the seeds. And a while later, I don't know if the end of the story goes, that he, I think he lived to see the tree. Or someone was mocking him that you're so old, what do you think you're going to see from this? But he does live to see the trees grow and bear fruits. And I don't know if he gave it as an inheritance to the town or to the family. But the trees, in essence, these pears, the famous pears of the Maftali, grew again, and the people were able to partake of them for many years and generations. And so too a person on this world toils for 40, 50, for 60, 70, 80 years and raises a family. The Zeich to raise a family. The family, the biggest blessing that the person can have is when the family carries on his name, carries on the legacy, carries on the mission and what the person had actually wanted and set out to do in the world. Unfortunately, there are times where this message skips a generation even. And the actual children of the person don't do what they should do, or one of the children, whatever it might be, but the grandparents do, the grandchildren do. From this week's Pasha, there are many, many different lessons. One such lesson we learn from this, the part of the parish that talks about the Arei Miklat. What happened in the Arei Miklat? The Arei Miklat was towns that were set aside. The Levim were allowed to live there. If a person, Chas killed somebody by accident if a person killed somebody by accident then the family obviously wanted to take revenge on him the terror says though that the person is only Chayiv Misa if the person did it on purpose so here if he did it by accident what has to happen to him the Taylor said, listen, the fact of the matter is the murder was committed. The person was put to, the person got killed. The person is no longer here. And the reason that this happened, you have partial culpability in this. Was it negligence? Was it uh, something you wanted to do? Whatever the case might be, you were involved in it. So therefore the Tata says you have to have some sort of a punishment. What is the punishment? The punishment is that in order to protect you, the only way we're going to protect you from the family of the deceased is if you're going to go into the Arei Miklat. Now going into the Arei Miklat obviously was not just enough. Aside for going into the Arei Miklat,
the person was not allowed to leave the other Miklat. And if they left, they were opening themselves up for a death penalty. However, was there enough jobs in the Miklat for all the people that came there? How did that actually work out? That's a problem. It was definitely a problem. Now, when were you allowed to leave the Aramiklat? Were you there for life? No, you weren't there for life. You were there in the Aramiklat until the Kain Gadol died. Now, if a person killed somebody in and was a young Kain Gadol, he might have spent his life there. If the person killed the Peshegigan was an old King Adel, he might have only a few years. Once the King Adel dies, the Gail Hadam, the family members, can no longer pursue and can no longer follow this person, and the person cannot be harmed. Kozman the King Adel is alive, the person may not leave that Arimikat, as we said before. Now, if you tell somebody, you can't leave this corner, until that light goes off. That person is going to stand there and pray for that light to go off or throw something at the light until it goes off. Obvious. In that case, why did Kangadal get put into such a predicament? Why did Kangadal get put into such a situation that people will go to that Amiklet and sit and pray all day long that he should die? So the mother of the, of the king Gadol had Rachmanis on the king Gadol, had Rachmanis on her son, and the mother of the king Gadol would come to Ari Miklat and feed the people. She used to bring them nice things, she used to make delicacies for them, so that they had whatever they wanted and needed. question is, Why didn't the Kangadal himself? Why did the mother have to come do it? Why didn't the Kangadal himself come and save the people and feed the people? The answer to that is because the Kangadal would have done it, it would have looked too involved. The person would not have really felt that he had an actual parnasa, an actual life, livelihood, etc. But an interesting point about the Yare Miklat. The person was working in the forest, says the Teda, and his axe had a loose head. And two witnesses came along, two people, and they said to him, Listen, Abid, your axe is dangerous. It came from the uh, State Department. And they said, your axe is dangerous, and you can't work with it because it's going to fall off. The head will fall off, and you're going to kill somebody like that. And the person said, I'm going to be fine. It's going to work fine. I don't worry about it. And lo and behold, as he swung the axe, the head of the axe came off, and it killed somebody. And they ate him over there, and they saw it. This is called Beshegig, this is called by accident. And the family members have a right to kill him for it. Bezdin doesn't, Taylor does not have. 
But the girl Adam, the family members, have a right to kill him. What did the Tater say? Like we said before, he runs to the Yadim Miklat. How does he know where the Yadim Miklat is? Someone just had to go somewhere in Manhattan to Worth Street and he's looking up on MapQuest and he wants to print it out. He wants to... Because who knows what it is to get there. <coughs> but to get to Miklat, there was no MapQuest at the time. How did the person get to the Miklat? So Taylor says... Tater says, oh my gosh, you had to post signs. You had to post signs throughout, pointing, Miklot, 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 Miklot. And the people who were running to the Miklot didn't have to even stutter step to figure out what direction to go in. Question. The Ari Miklot was so important. The Ari Miklot was so important that it had to have signs, shining signs and lights and How about the Beis Hamikdash? When the person three times a year would come to the Beis Hamikdash with Eilat Egel, there were no signs for the Beis Hamikdash. You want to tell me that Arim Miklat is holier or greater than the Beis Hamikdash? That the Arim Miklat had to have signs all over the place, whereas the Beis Hamikdash didn't? This is one of the strongest lessons of today's day. There's a concept today called media or internet. For the person sitting and listening to a shir on the internet, it's a wonderful thing. You want to know the weather, you want to know a map quest, directions, it's a wonderful thing. You want to find a safer, you want to Google a question, a great thing. But when you want to spread Lashon Hara, it's the biggest nightmare, because it can spread Lashon Hara faster than anything in the world ever was able to. In the olden days, it took a phone call, and another phone call, and a third phone call, and a fourth phone call, and people would call each other, and they'd call, and it would be, did you hear, did you hear? And the days before that, they were screaming out the tenement windows. Did you hear what happened? Back in the Lower East Side. Or, the Alta Babichkas used to stand online with their chickens waiting to go to the Sheikhit and they would discuss everything that went on in town. The problem with today's media and the problem with today's internet is they spew negativity. They spew horrific, horrific ideas. Yes, it's already two weeks since it happened. 
in two weeks already it's time people might start forgetting Rechman but we, I don't know if you know it in Australia apparently they're gathering together to write a Sefer Torah in the Nishmas Levi I don't know if these are people that are relatives that know him or just people that feel they want to they want to perpetuate this child's memory but generally when such stories get un- un- unfiltered coverage you have different reactions of people you have the people that sit and cry and mourn for this poor child and the more they hear about it the sicker they get the defense attorneys have to step down losing their job because they have to defend that the this is their job they're working for the city the state whatever it is and they have to, they're public defenders if they don't want to take a case they lose their job <coughs> they step down they couldn't they, they couldn't they couldn't deal with it such a heinous horrific t- crime so generally you're going to awaken mankind to the barbaric horrific world that goes on but somewhere in some remote street street corner you're going to give somebody a perverse idea you're going to give somebody one real sick idea and to the extent that this demented mind will get in a sick idea that they're going to go and try to outdo this other Michigan by giving this and then so they have the copycat stories when, when two boys in a very short time were killed by the train they called it a copycat because people are considered that they saw it, they heard so much about it, it encouraged them to do it as well, inspired them, it gave them the idea, the thought. So when we give these negative newscasts and these horrific stories and these horrific things, we're doing just that. We're planting in the minds of the people, we're planting in the minds of the kohol, these horrific stories, these horrific ideas. Zaksan Stateda, that this is the worst idea that you can come up with. And the Tater proves it. How does the Tater prove it? The Tater says, put up signs from Miklot, 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 every possible turn. Why? Because we don't want the hating Beshegig. We don't want this person that killed Beshegig to be walking the streets and asking people for directions. Because if he's asking for the Arei Miklat, he's not going there for a picnic. He's not going there for a barbecue. If he stops somebody in the street and he asks them, where's the Arei Miklat, he obviously needs to get there. 
So what happens? Immediately the when the story story gets out, I just met a murderer. I'm mortified. I'm petrified now. There's a mur- a murderer amongst us. He's running loose. He's running the streets. Until he gets into his Ari Miklat, he's out on the loose. And this causes panic. This causes crazy ideas by people. This causes crazy thoughts into people's minds. So the Tatus says we want to avoid that. We don't want to spread bad words, bad thoughts, and bad ideas. So put as many signs, miklot, miklot, as you can, so that nobody is asked, nobody is approached on the street, and they don't ask them, where is miklot? But what about Beis Hamikdash? Why shouldn't there be signs to the Beis Hamikdash? So the person who is being Eilat Egel should know how to go. Ha gufa. For that very same reason. Because the Beis Hamikdash, when people were Eilat Egel, they were doing Miftzayim. We know the famous story of Shmuel Hanavi's father, Elkanah. He used to be Eilat Egel and never went the same route. He always went a different way through different towns. And each town that he stopped in, he got his shayara to get bigger and bigger. He would travel with a group, and this happy group would come into town, and they would sing, and they would dance, and they would make people so happy. And then they would say, we are going to be Eilat Egel, we're going to Yerushalayim, Mirakedesh, come with us, join us. And it inspired the people to such an extent that people picked up and went. So therefore we don't want signs to the Beis HaMikdash. We want people to stop and say, excuse me, tired a yid, tired a brother, tired a sister. Tell me if you can, please, the way, the direction to the Yerushalayim. And the person listens and gives the directions and says, you know something? He's going to Yerushalayim. He's going to be Eilat Egel. Oh my gosh, it must be so beautiful. And look how kind he is and look how pleasant he is. We should talk do that also. And this brought an inspiration to the people to be Eilat Egel. So we want these people to talk. We want these people to meet other people and to inspire, to inspire them and to encourage them to go to be Eilat Egel. And that is the idea why there is no signs for the Beis HaMikdash. So that the people should be able to tell other people about Eilat Egel. There were six Ari Miklat. 
The six cities, Vesarim Ashetitno Davim, Esheish Arim Miklot. A Miklot. Ashetitno that you were given Lonus Shomer Etzach, the murderer should run there, Valeim Titno Arboim Vishtaim Ir. In addition to them, you should give 42 cities. What is this Cheshm? The six, the number six represents the Pasuk Shema Yisrael Hashem Elekeinu Hashem Echot. And 42 is the words, the 42 words of the Parsha of Yahafta. When a person is committed, when a person commits an invader by killing part of his nefesh, part of his spiritual existence, Then the 48 words of Shema and Ve'ahavta, by doing this and saying this with complete Kabbalah's Elmach HaShemayim, the person then achieves forgiveness for everything that he did wrong. And it's very important, therefore, when we say Shema, to pronounce each and every word, enunciate it properly. So we see, therefore, the lesson that we have from the Arei Miklot is that we have to see to it that we accomplish in this world the message that we leave in this world is a positive one. And that when we sit down and we hear a problem between two people, we don't tell them, you're right, you're right, kill each other. When there's a fallout, between two people, and you have a capacity, you have a capability to do something about it, then your job, your mission, is to see to it in a positive way that everybody is satisfied and that everybody is made happy. This is the same when the Neshama comes onto the world and spends X amount of years on the world, and each year on their birthday, they achieve, they accomplish to reach to another a higher level than they did the year before. And so too after Shana, when the Neshama is Lamaila, and the Neshama is in Gan Eden, the Neshama also has still the Cheshbon of the seeds that it planted in the world, and it looks and it sees, see the children that I have raised, see the children that I have brought up. Sorry, I didn't see you call before. This is actually my own personal mission of tonight, of Chavva of Tammuz. My father would start saying capital pay. And capital pay actually talks about just that. About the planting of the tree. Not only the planting of the tree, but as the branches, where the branches reach to. And how the branches have to be able to reach to where they have to go to. 
and how the branches have to be able to cover and shade what they have to shade over the mountaintops, etc. And that sometimes the elements affect the trees, affect the branches, affect the, the actual roots of a tree. And this is the exposure of the elements of the world. And of this, one must protect its tree. And by planting the tree properly and by fortifying the tree properly, the tree grows in such a way that the roots and its branches and everything stay and continue to grow over and over and year, year, year after year. And so too I have to make my own personal cheshbon of the year is to prove and to show the lenishmas of my father that on his birthday we still celebrate, on his birthday we still commemorate, on his birthday we still say that yes, another year of what you put on this world is gone by and another year of accomplishments that we had to do. And interestingly that it comes in Pasha's Masai. The journeys. Eile Masai B'nai Yisrael. That would be a wonderful thing to just say Eile Masai B'nai Yisrael and tell us the 42 Masais. It's very interesting. Um, on Shabbos there was a for Mincha. The Kriya of Mincha Shabbos and Monday and Thursday this week is very long. All that week as we read in Chabad we read all the Masais. And there's one particular Balkere by Mincha Shabbos that decided that he has to show the world what Kriya has to be like. They say his Kriya took longer than the 42 Masayas took. He leaned longer than the 42 journeys took altogether. It's not an essay for a name. But the question then says, the Rebbe asks a very interesting question. Eila Masa B'nei Yisrael, these are the journeys of the Eden, Asher Yotzu Me'eretz Mitzrayim, that left the land of Mitzrayim. And it can, begins to tell us, enumerate the 42. How you know, the famous the famous riddle that they tell about the rabbit in the hole. The rabbit fell into a ditch and was given a ladder. The ladder had nineteen steps. There's one problem with this little rabbit. The rabbit went up two steps every day, but it fell down one. And after a whole day of toiling, it went up two steps and down one. It had to get out twenty steps worth to get out of the to get out of the ditch. So, how many days did it take for the rabbit to get out of the ditch? 
If every day he went up two and fell down one, should take the chayyeh twenty days. Because every day he made progress one step, it should take twenty days. Exactly, you know, it took 19 days. Why did it take 19 days? Because on day number 19, he took two steps up, he was out of the ditch, he didn't have to fall back down one. So he survived it. It's one journey out of Egypt. To leave from the hole, leave the ditch, was that one step out. Once he took that one step out, he was no longer in Mitzrayim, he was no longer in the ditch. So what's going on here when it says that they left the journeys that it took them to leave Mitzrayim? It took them one journey, one part of the journey. First of all, let us look at the Tzaysam Yad Meshav Aaron. They went out with the hands of Mesha and Aaron. Mesha and Aaron are Aleph and Mem. Aaron is Aleph and Mesha is spelled with Mem. Mesha and Aaron Mesha and Aaron, Aleph and Mem are also Esther and Marachai. They also took the Yidin out of Golas. We spoke about this in Pashas Bechukaisai, Aleph, Mem, Imbuchukaisai. And ultimately the Aleph and the Mem will stand for Elio and Mashiach. Which tells us therefore, Masay B'nei Yisrael, Ayotzumeretz Mitzrayim, the ones that went out of land of Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim, first of all, represents all Goliaths. All the Goliaths come from the concept of Mitzrayim. What does Mitzrayim have to do with each Goliath? concept of Mitzrayim has to do with each Goliath because Mitzrayim is not only, the Al-Tarebbe explains, Mitzrayim is the word Mitzorim. Mitzorim, Egvulim, that keeps the person constricted. The boundaries in which a person is kept in. And therefore, since the person is kept in these bound, within these boundaries, therefore, the person is constantly journeying to get out of them. So it's not one journey and I'm out of this, Mitzrayim. <coughs> it's a constant battle. It's a constant dri- drive the person has to have. Eile Masse B'nei Yisrael starts with Eile as an Aleph, Masse and Mem and B'nei Beis and Yisrael, the Yud. This represents all the Goliaths that the Eden have gone through. Aleph is Edom, Mem is Modai, Beis is Bovel, and Yud is Yovan. So these journeys that we're talking about are all the journeys of all the Goliaths represented here. And therefore when we say of the Nas of Mitzarim and the Gvulim and through Mesha and Aaron through the Aleph and the Mem of the Yom Mashiach will ultimately be redeemed. A little parache 
lived quite a distance from the Babich. And the Hilaparacha decided on a Wednesday night, Thursday, he wants to go to Lubavitch. It was Thursday afternoon already. He wanted to get to Lubavitch for Shabbos. There's one young wagon driver with a good, sturdy horse. He said, Hill, I can get you there. Two conditions. First of all, Hilaparacha refused to go on the government paved roads. He wouldn't use anything the Tsar made. So the first condition is we have to use the highway. We can't use the back streets, the mud, because they're not going to make it. And the second stipulation is davening is gedavent. You'll daven and you take and you go right there. Don't sit and make one of your davenings on me, because then we're never going to get out of here. You can't daven in the wagon. We're going to have to stop the daven. <coughs> if you're going to have a long outstretched out davening, we're not getting anywhere. And he agreed to that too. Lo and behold, they traveled a little bit in the night, and they stopped by an inn. And in the morning, early morning, the driver got up, and he davened, his full davening, but he davened as fast as he could, had his breakfast, and went to knock on the door of Hill's room to get him going. Nurab Hill is standing in his thousand film. All right, Fart Hill. Comes back a while later, and Hill standing in his stalls and throne. And he comes back a while even later, and Abhil is still in his stalls and throne. And now it's no longer possible, no matter what he does, to get to Lubavitch. Abhil takes off his stalls and throne, comes out of the room, and the chassid starts to berate him. We had a deal. Why did you break the deal? There's no way I can get you to Lubavitch now. The Hill says, i got to ask you a question. If a person needs to purchase merchandise, and he wants to go to the Leipzig, to the market in Leipzig, to get the merchandise, but it's a two-day journey to get to the market in Leipzig. Mitamol, after three hours of journeying, he meets a salesman. And the salesman has that merchandise that only in Leipzig they sell. But all of a sudden, this guy has it, and he has it as a decent price. You could turn a good profit. Do you tell him, Gay Pfeiffer, I'm going to Leipzig to get it? Or do you take the merchandise and go back to it? I was lacking something in my davening. I needed to go to the Rebbe so I can get rejuvenated. I was young and I started davening and I felt it. the davening was going. Semigalungin. The I had no reason to journey on. There's a maime, Tavshin Lamites, on the Pasuk Eila Masse. And of course, there the Rebbe also asks about the Maseh B'nai Yisrael from Eretz Mitzrayim, why Lashen Rabbim is only one journey out of Mitzrayim. And also, why does it say, Biyad Meshav And the Maim explains over there that our Masah is a Hara Nitzchis. It's a lesson forever. 
But Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim has to be every single day. The person has to go out of his Mitzrayim Begvulim, as we said. And this is the concept of the Masayis, the Neshama coming down to this world. And the person has to rise above all the boundaries that restrain him, all the restrictions, on a daily basis, through Teda Mitzvahs and through Davening. Mesha represented Teda Mitzvahs Milmaila Lamata, from above down. Aaron represented Tvila, the King Godel went through Tvila. And that was Milmata Lamaila. It says in the Pasuk, though, who Aaron or Mesha? And sometimes it says, who Mesha Aaron? Why does the Taylor reverse it back and forth? Because sometimes the Tefillah is more important and then the person has to do Taylor Mitzvah fully. And sometimes the person has to do properly his Taylor Mitzvah and then he can come out to davening properly. And this is the gist of the Maimah. And this is also, therefore, the lesson of the Eilam Asai. Before we go to the Hilchas Beis Abuchira, we have to do Nod Tchilosim B'Seifim B'Seifim B'Tchilosim. This Shabbos is Pashas Chazak. We finish the Chumash B'Amidbar. So we have to tie in the beginning of B'Amidbar and the end of B'Amidbar together. So we look at the last Pasuk of Chumash Bamidbar, the last Pasuk of Pashas Masa, in which we're going to call out Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazak. Eila mitzvahs ha-mishpatim ha-shatziva Hashem bi'ad meisha el b'nei Yisrael. These are the mitzvahs and the mishpatim, the commandments and the laws that were commanded through the hand of Meisha to the b'nei Yisrael. Ba'arve Yismaya v'ayar v'nirechei. In the plains of Mayav, by the Yardin of Yerechei. Face value, gorgeous Pasuk. That's it, these are the mitzvahs. The beginning of the Chumash is always read. The beginning of the mitzvah is always right before Shavuos. And that's why. It talks about Midbar Sinai. That they arrived in the Midbar of Sinai. That it refers to Matan Taylor. So the essence of the part of the Chumash of Bamidbar talks about Matan Taylor. How the Eden received the Taylor. Which is Eila Mitzvah Samishpatim Ashtiva Hashem Yad Meshel Bnei Israel. What's Arvais? Arvais is Lashen Arevim. Lashen of, of guarantors. Mayov. From their fathers. The children were the Arevim for their fathers, for the Tater. Yardain is the, le- is the same letters as Yadner. To the hand of a candle. The candle is our children. As we said before, the children are what illuminate all that we did and all that we presented in this world. So through this Yad of the Ner, and Yereche refers to Teda, which Teda has the beautiful Reach, 
And it says that Mashiach time, Mashiach will judge through smell. And therefore this is the beginning and the end of the Chumash tied together through the concept of Matan Teda, of getting the Teda. Um, Yecheskel and Avi, as we spoke last week, had a vision. But it wasn't just a vision, it took him to a virtual tour of the Beis HaMikdash. It wasn't just the Beis HaMikdash, but it was by Shlishi. The Beis HaMikdash Shlishi. Throughout the journey, the Cheskel had very, very interesting experiences. The Pasik tells us that as he came to a certain point, and he said to him, Zafnim, this is the Mukedash Shekadashim, you can't come in with me here. But what the Malach was doing was he was measuring everything that they came to so that he tells him, as we said last week, tell this to the Jews. Let the Jews know what the third base Hamidrash is going to look like so that they have an Achamo, we said last week. This week again is actually not yet Rishchidish uh, of until Monday. Mishinichnas of, it says, some read it, Mishinichnas of, Mimayit and Besimcha. So in essence, this Shabbos and Sunday are the happiest day of the year. Why it is the happiest day of the year? Because we were told, Mishinichnas other Marm Besimcha. When other comes in, you have to start adding Simcha. And when do we stop? It means every day we got to add. And this year was 60 days of other. We've been adding. It doesn't say stop in this. It doesn't say stop in Ir, Sivan, or Tamas. We start now stopping. When of starts, then we start to... Mi- oh, so that means every day we've been increasing since other. We've now reached the highest point of Simcha. So that's not going to be high in the shadows. Um... And also, of course, in the halachas of the three weeks, we don't, of course, listen to music, and we don't make weddings, etc. But they become more severe in the nine days, of course, which start on Rishchidosh Monday. Also, Rishchidosh is going to start Monday, uh, the nine days, we don't eat any meat, we don't drink any wine. Um, for those cheese lovers, it's a wonderful time. It's, it's like Shavuos for nine days, but, you know, well, what more could you ask for? Ice cream and cheesecake for eight days. Tishabov, you don't need anything. But matzah tishabov, you make it up. When it came to the Kedush HaKadoshim, there the message was, <coughs> here you can't go in. This is where the line gets drawn. And this is the message that Yerkeskel was given here by the, by the Malach. That although I am showing you everything and everywhere that we're going through, this is one that you cannot go into. In the Sechtus Midas, the Mishnayis Midas, basically we say that Elizabeth Yaakov is the Tana, 
that guides us through this Mishnayis. And he told, because he was the one that had the best memory of the Bayez Sheni, and therefore he gave over all the dimensions, all the rooms, etc. And then we have at the end, towards the end of Mishnah, of Perik Bayez, the different rooms, and you have Tzvenus Maravis, in the north-west, This is a lishka called lishkas mitzayrayim. But Maravis Dremis, in southwest corner, Amr al-Azmiyakiv says, Shechachti. I forgot what they use this for. How much more humble can a person be? You're being quoted, you're being relied upon to present the entire Beis HaMikdash and you forgot something. So, in today's day and age, the modern days, the solution for forgetting is make it up you make it up you don't stand by you don't stand down and say ah oh, I don't remember how that worked but Elazim Yaakov teaches us a very powerful lesson therefore that when there is the concept of Shechakti it's not something to just stand and say I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you exactly how it is if it's Shechakti Shechakti there's a reason for it and the Torah tells us that Shikha becomes a mitzvah. On the field, when a person leaves the bundle behind, there's a mitzvah from that. When the poor person comes to take that bundle, you have a mitzvah. It's like losing a dollar from losing your dollar, and a poor person picks it up and finds it, and you get a mitzvah of tzedakah. Or moki escort. Automatic mitzvahs, they're chasing you. And so too is the mitzvah of Shikha. The person forgets, and he gets a mitzvah for forgetting. And what's the reward? Rahman al-Atsan, when a person goes through a hard time, something, a bad experience, the Ebishter gives him the kayach of shikha, that he can forget. And because a person can forget, the person can forgive. And this is a very important lesson that people have to take that we have to forget, we can't keep, we're not allowed to beg grudges, we're not allowed to keep remembering, oh, this guy said to me, this guy looked at me, this guy did to me, a person has to sit and forget, and let bygones be bygones, and not become traumatized from it for the rest of their lives, not use excuses for all their misbehaviors, basing it, because this happened to me once upon a time. But rather to forget, and to move on in life, because God gives the care of forgetting. In the Rambam, there was based on Bechira, Perigimu Yir Aleph, Ve'evin Haisal Ifnei HaMenera, there was a stone placed in front of the Menera, Uboshal Ishmaelis Sha'alea Ke'en Eimit. On this, the Ke'en would stand, Umeitiv Eshaneris, and cleaned out the Neiris, and Maniach Alani put it in them. He put in the oil and everything else, he replaced it. How high was that Meneda? 
I mean, we have Mineras, and you can buy a nice high Mineras, how high was the Mineta? It was six feet? It was eight feet? The Kayan couldn't reach up to clean out? So it's very interesting that by the Shir in Hilkos Beis Abchira from seven to eight, advertisement we'll put in a plug for the Shir in seven to eight and seven seventy. By the Shir, we got to this halacha and I reminded myself from, I guess I wasn't suffering from shikha. I reminded myself something from the days of young, when I was younger, that one of the reasons of the steps is if the king Gadol wanted to tend to the Mineta, he was not allowed to lift his hand above the tzitz. The tzitz was on his forehead. So if he had to lift up his hand to take care of it, he'd rise his hand above the tzitz. So in order to show that he's not ever raising so they had the steps, so it came chest high to him when he stood on top of the steps. So we see how the Teda plans out and maps out the person's life, that the person is never in a predicament that he can't, even the short came, the steps are high enough. Not everybody was a king Gadol. But the Teda gives us the opportunity always there's always a set of steps that are there for us that help us overcome our obstacles, overcome our hardships, and overcome the problems that we have in life so that we can continue and we can forge ahead. And through the three weeks, of course, we know the main theme of the Aftera is Tziyam B'mishpati Padre V'shavah B'tzdaka and the Rebbe spoke many times, Laila loves Mount Zdokihi, but from that fact, the Rebbe gave out dollars by, by night, by Fabrengens, to give to Tzedakah the next morning, or whatever it might have been. And so too, I'm not giving out dollars, no, but, I wish I had to give out, but the Laila, everyone should see to it that during the course of the three weeks, if they didn't, if they don't mock it to give every day a penny to Tzedakah, they should be mocked with to give a penny to Tzedakah every day. And if they give every day a penny to Tzedakah, they should be mocked with to give a second penny during the course of the three weeks. And through that, see, we should talk to the Shavia, to the redemption, actually, of the Golos, and that this Shabbos be Taka, the happiest Shabbos of the year, and that we should say the Chaim, the Chaim of the Bracha, with the Arar, Mesha, Esther, and Marachai, and Be'ikah with Elio and Mashiach. And the Rebbe said that how would Mashiach come before, three days before Eliyahu Navi has to come? Eliyahu Navi answered that question too when he has to. Bye, the